0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, we... Looking at the whole issue of church, we started last
1: week, and last week was a really heavy message. It's kind of a message to kind of help us to wake up to the reality of our reality, where we are at as a church and as individuals, and hopefully God stirs your hearts and the desire was created in you for something more, something different. You know, I'll be just flat out honest with you. I think we've got to make a decision in our hearts and in our minds that we just don't want to be another church in Clearfield County. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, when you look at our town here, there are ten churches. We're one of ten churches. I have no clue how many churches there are in Clearfield. There are churches in Hyde. There are churches throughout the community and throughout the county. And We just don't want to be another church. Did you, do you understand what I'm saying? We, we want to be what God wants us to be. And part of that is, I think what we like to say is we're a church of real people, Well, which means, really, to be honest with you, we want to be a real church. But we've got to understand what that means. Did you understand what I'm saying? You've got to understand what church means. Because the sad fact is, is that for many of us, we have wrong concepts of church. Did you understand what I'm saying? We have wrong concepts of what church is, and and, and they they come in... Those concepts come naturally because if you've been raised in church or if you've gone to church most of your life, you kind of develop those wrong concepts. But the problem is, is those wrong concepts are not necessarily biblical, although we try to impose them on the Bible. So I want us to think for a moment about some of the wrong concepts. So here's the thing. Many Christians have wrong a wrong concept of church. You might be here and you have a wrong concept of a church. I'll be honest with you you know I've, I've been a believer now for 30 years and even for some of my ministry years i had a wrong concept of church i had a wrong concept of what church is and you might be here and and, and whether you realize it or not you have a mindset about what church is and it's usually because it's been influenced by your church background or a church that you were involved in or something you read or something you saw on TV. And so you have this concept of what church is. But a lot of times, as I said, it's not in the Bible. It's just something that you believe it should be. And so for some, church is just simply a service. It's that service we go to once a week on Sunday. So we're either there for Sunday school or we're there for Sunday school and church or we just come for The worship service. And that's your concept. It's, it's the organization. It's the, it's the incorporation in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. It's, it's the music time and the preaching time. And then I could go do what I got to do the rest of the week. And so a lot of us have a wrong concept. Can we not acknowledge that? Is it possible that you're here today and you've been operating from a wrong concept? Probably the chances are yes. Because I have. And if I have, it's very possible that a lot of us have, haven't we? Here's the second thing I want you to see about the wrong concept. Many Christians have a consumer mentality concerning church. Many Christians have a consumer mentality. What what do I mean by that? Well, you know, you see it when you hear people say, well, you know, I'm going to Sunday school over at this church. And then I I hop in my vehicle and I drive over to make sure I get the service over at that church because I really like the band there or I really like the choir. And then I'm involved with them in this other church on Sunday evening because of, you know, I I can be involved in this program and it ministers my needs. So we have this kind of consumer mentality. Do, Do you know what I mean? It's like I can have the best of all these different worlds, or I like going to this church because it meets this need with me. Isn't that what a consumer mentality is? Is when you go and buy, you're buying for who? Yourself and your family. You know what I'm saying? Yourself and your family. So, so you've got this concept of, of churches, what you can get out of it. Did you understand what I'm saying? It's what you get out of it. In fact, you'll hear people say things like this. I feel for pastors who who, uh, who have had this said to them. I've had, this, had people come up to me and said, I just don't get anything out of your teaching. I don't get anything out of what you're saying. I've heard pastors tell, they have had people come and say, I, God's not speaking through you to me. You know, can I be honest with you? Those kind of statements, do you, listen to it. I am not getting anything. What, what is that reflective of? You're there for you. Now, let me just stop for a moment. I just, I am not naive enough to think that you're going to walk away from here every Sunday getting something from what I say. Chances are some of you probably won't. But if your concept of church is what you can get from George, you got a wrong concept. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because church is so much
0: more than that.
1: Being a part of a church. It's so much more than what you can get from the preacher or what you can get from the music or what you can get from Sunday school, do you understand? Or from the men's program or the ladies' program or this Bible study or that Bible study. Church is so much more than that. Do you understand that? We've got such a, many Christians have such a consumer mentality concerning church. So here's what happens. You hear of a new church that's being started in the area. It's got dynamic worship, and, and pastors get worried. Oh, what are we going to do about that? What are we going to do about that? Because they already know that some of their people who have this consumer mentality are going to what? Try out the new thing. And that, that's just normal. But all of that's based upon what? A wrong concept. A wrong concept. Here's the other thing I want you to see. Church is seen only from the perspective of a service or a program. We've kind of mentioned that already. Your concept of church is only from the perspective of the service. What kind of worship do they have? Have you ever heard anybody say something like that? What kind of worship do they have? What does that mean? Well, they're talking about the service. They're talking about the music. Folks, that's not biblical. Because worship is not what you experience. Worship is what you give. Did you hear me? You may want to write that down. Worship is not what you experience. Worship is what you give to God. It's your heart and what you give to Him. So whether it's a completely traditional service or a contemporary service like ours or something in between or maybe something that's not even has music, the point is, is are you worshiping when you're getting with God's people? Are you giving to God from your heart? see so many people have reduced it down to just a service or just a program well you know we, you know we don't really like the preaching there but they got great kids programs there it's all about a program all of that points to a problem isn't it that for most of us and for most north americans we have a concept a wrong concept about church Period. And I'll be the first one to admit it. I've been there. But what we want to do, here's what we want to do. We want to understand church from a biblical perspective. We want to understand what church really is. Did you understand what I'm saying? What church really is. What God intended for the church. And I think the only way that you can come to that conclusion is to go back to the very first church. What do you mean the first church, George? Well, there were many churches that are mentioned in the New Testament. Every, every one of Paul's epistles is written to a church. But there's a first church where, they, where it started with, in, in Jerusalem with the apostles. And then it kind of blew up from there and went many directions. But we can see, just right in the very beginning in Acts chapter 2, we can see the description of a Spirit-empowered church and where their focus was. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about church life. We're going to talk about being a real church. Where should our focus be? What kind of concepts should we have about church? And here's what my prayer is. Here's what I'm anxious for, for you and me, okay? Okay? that we would get rid of our wrong concepts and that we would put our focus on what we need to be. Did, did you understand what I'm saying? That we would put our focus where we need to be as a church. Because, folks, I'm going to be honest with you. If your concept is, is that church is just from, from, from 1045 till 12, you are missing it. Because whether you realize it or not, church... Is throughout the week because church is about people and it's about belonging to people. Did you understand what I'm saying? So let's look at it together. Just a few verses here. We're going to look at verses 42 through 47. You know, and I think I've been here 14 years now, almost 14 years. I have preached from this passage maybe three or four different times. This might be my fourth or fifth time. I don't I don't keep count. But we keep coming back to this. Why? Because I think sometimes we've got to be reminded about why we're here, right? Did you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you've got to be reminded why you're here, right? Look at what he says. Verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people, And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, folks, what we're going to do is is we're going to look here, and we're basically going to see five things that come out of church life about being a real church. Here's the first one. Look at verse 42. It says this, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. what does that mean, George? Well, what it means here is this, that they, as a group, spent time studying God's Word. Did you understand what I'm saying? As a group, it wasn't that they were preached at, preaching as a part of instruction, but they spent time in God's Word. So here's what I want you to see. The point I want you to see is this, is that helping each other understand God's Word is a priority. If you're going to be a church, it has to be a priority among each and every one of us here to help each other understand God's Word. Did you understand what I'm saying? So there's going to be different people. Here's the thing I'm not naive. Okay? I'm not naive enough to think that I'm the only one here who's got all the education, who knows everything there is about the Bible. Because that's not true. Because God shows us each different things in the Word of God. And while you can learn from me, I can learn from you. Do you understand? And so there you are. You maybe don't understand something in this one area. We are in a body of believers where maybe somebody can help you to understand that as you help them to understand something. Do you understand? That's reality. So that definitely blows away the whole thought of it just being a service, right? Because when you have a service, you have a talking head up here who talks at you for 40 minutes, And you're supposed to allow your head filled with mush to fill up with facts to be able to go on with life, right? But that's not church. Church is each of us helping each other understand God's Word. Here's what I'm learning. been an interesting year so far and you know we've had a lot of different things happen and difficulties and struggles here at the church and and, and I'm understanding that as I as I read God's word it's like I, I understand more than I ever did. Why? It's called age and experience Age and experience. Because now I see it differently than I ever saw it before. The truths mean more. Do do you understand what I'm saying? And so here's the thing. Some of you have been stomping around this earth a whole lot longer than I have. And you've gone through a lot different circumstances and difficulties than I have. And God's word has come alive to you in different ways than it has for me. And so therefore, when I read it, I maybe don't see what you see, but you can help me to see it because you've lived it. Did you understand what I'm saying? Or I can help you to see it because I've lived it now. Did you understand what I'm saying? The priority needs to be that we help each other understand God's word. That's what it means to continue steadfastly. That word steadfastly means it was a priority. Folks, there's a reason why we tell you to read your Bibles. There's a reason why we give you daily breads. There's a reason why we have a Bible app with devotions on it. There's a reason why we have Bible reading plans in the back. Because we understand that God's Word is life to you. And we want you to understand it. So if we're going to be a real church, it needs to be a priority that we're here to help each other to what? Understand God's word. Understand God's word. Here's the second thing. Look with me, verse 42. Not just that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, but they continued steadfastly in fellowship. Fellowship. Now, the word fellowship there is the Greek word koinonia, which means intimate fellowship. So, here's what I want you to see: intimate relationships are a vital part of a church. Intimate relationships are a vital part of a church. You know, here's it's it's interesting to me. You know, I I am in my education a product of what is known as church growth. As I look back at my degrees. A lot of my degrees, except for the missions degree, I had I was steeped in, in teaching about church growth and growing a church and becoming a big church and everything. Well, here's here's the interesting thing. So all that church growth stuff, after years of all that church growth stuff in North America and becoming a big church and thinking big and being big and, and all of this, here's what they've come to the conclusion, what the optimal size for a church is. Do you know what an optimal size for a church is? It's not a 1,000. 200 people. Why? You want to know why they say that? Because the optimal size is 200 people because the church can still have, are you ready for this, intimate relationships with each other. Because if you get bigger than that, you are just become somebody sitting in a seat and you don't really know who's there and nobody misses you. Do You know what I mean? Because if you're gone, I'm going to be honest, we miss you. Now, we don't come hounding you. Now, they used to do that years ago. If you weren't there, why weren't you here? First thing, I mean, you've got to call at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. We missed you. But we don't do that, okay? Because I'm sleeping at 2 o'clock. I'm not going to call you, okay? All right? But we miss you. You're a part of our body. Why? Because intimate relationships are a vital part of a church. If we want to be a real church, it's not just about if you if you see it more than just a service, you're going to connect with people here. Now for some of you that's going to be hard because you're not like that. You're you're introverted. And reaching out to other people that's kind of like like sandpaper. You know, it just goes against the grain. It's like taking your nails on a chalkboard. You know, you don't like that. But hey, somebody's going to reach out to you. It's about relationships. It's about intimate relationships. And notice something. It says there, verse 42, and they continued steadfastly, not just in helping each other understand God's Word. They made it a priority to get to know each other. Did you understand what I'm saying? So here, if you come, I'm going to be honest with you. If you come and, and you come in a church, And you don't talk to anybody the whole time you're here. The problem's not anybody else. It's you. Because you've got a wrong concept of church. Because to you, it's just a service. You've got to view church as more than that. It's intimate relationships with people. So ladies, connect with other ladies. Dudes, connect with other dudes. That's got to be a vital part of a church. Here's the third thing. Let's continue on there. In breaking of bread, here's what I want you to see. Breaking of bread in the New Testament refers to the Lord's table or communion, if you may call it that. It's talking about Christ-centered worship. So here's what I want you to see. Christ-centered worship is a focal point of the church. It's all about Jesus. Folks, when they get up here and, and they play the music and they uh, exercise their abilities, I, you know what? I, I want to be honest with you. I am so impressed by our band. You want to know one of the reasons why I'm impressed by them? Because I definitely can't do what they do. And you don't want me to try to do what they do because you'll be like out of here with you. You know, because I can't do music and you don't even want to hear me sing because I can't sing. But I'm going to be honest with you, the why they are here, it's not them. It's not for you to be impressed with their abilities. It's not about them. It's about drawing your heart to worship Jesus. So you think about the songs they pick. Do you understand what I'm saying? You think about the music they pick. It's to draw you to focus on who? Jesus, think about the last song we sang. It's the cry of someone who says they want to be different today. They don't want to be where they used to be. They want, to ha- they want Jesus to bring them to where they need to be. See, that's got to be a vital part. If, if ever we get to the place where a mistake happens in the music and we're like, I can't believe that happened. Can't they be perfect? Then we got problems. Do you understand what I'm saying? Then we got problems. Because nobody can be perfect. Because you ain't perfect. I'm not perfect. There's only one who's perfect. He needs to be the focus. What? Jesus. Because if we get distracted by anything else in our worship, it's not about Jesus anymore. And if you're going to be a real church, it's about who, folks? Jesus. Jesus. That's the next thing I want you to see there. Is Christ-centered worship is the focal point of the church. Then look with me. Last part of verse 42. And look also at verse 43. And in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. I think they're very much connected. Why? Because you've got to have prayer first before you see God work. you got to have prayer first before you see God work. And so here's what I want you to see is that believing prayer is evident in the church. Believing prayer. You know, you can have prayer. Prayer can be so rote. Prayer can be so routine. Prayer can be so religious. It says nothing. It means nothing. But what we're talking about is that That a vital part of any church, a real church, is that people, when they come together, they're not really concerned about how they're praying or what words they're using. They just know that God listens to them and they believe that God's going to answer. So when they pray for somebody who's sick, they come to a place where they say, Lord, whatever your will is, but Lord, we believe you could do anything in their life. When somebody has a need, God, we know that you could do anything. We believe you. I think the reason why we don't see God do as much in our lives and in our church as we'd like to is because we're not asking. Isn't that what he says in James? You have not because you what? Ask not. Prayer. Why? We're believing God. We're waiting on God. God, you're the only one who can give us wisdom. You're the only one who can provide for us. You're the only one who can work in our church and do what you need to do in the lives of people. This is what a real church does. And then there's there's this. The final thing. Look with me at verse 44 through 47. Look at what he says. And all who believe were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among them as anyone had a need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Here's the last thing I want you to see here. Genuine concern for others was expressed in action. That's what a real church is. It isn't just that we're, we're trying to help each other understand God's Word. It isn't just that we have intimate relationships with each other. It isn't just that we're, we're Christ-centered in our focus as far, as far as our worship. It isn't just that, that we are believing in prayer for God to do great things. But we are genuinely concerned for others. And that genuine concern isn't just expressed in, oh, I feel bad for them. It's doing something for them. It's doing something for them. It's helping them. That's what it is. You need to be able to do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? For for whoever here, because you, you might have the ability or the means or the, or the comfort to give to somebody. So And, and it's got to be more than, oh, I just feel sorry for them. No, do something for them. That's what a real church is. See, it's got to be more than just a service, folks. It's got to be more than just some program. It's it's, It's a body of believers where we care for each other. Then notice something. I mean, the last part, verse 47, the impact of that. The impact of that is that God adds to the church people who are getting saved. Because I'll be honest with you, folks. I'll be honest with you. You'd be surprised how many people I meet in our community that used to go to church. That used to go to church. You know what I'm talking about. You've met them, right? You'd be surprised how many I met that used to go here at some point. But they're not going anywhere because they got hurt or they got disappointed And they long for something new. They long for something different. Because they have a wrong concept of what church was. Or they were told a wrong concept of church. And that they need to be exposed to is what? A real church. A real church. What's a real church, George? This church that we see in Acts. That's what we need to be like. So, folks, I'm going to be honest with you. We can look at the concepts there, see those five things and say, Yeah, that's what we need to be, George. But you know what, folks? It's got to be more than just an agreement of our minds to it. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be our heart embracing that this is what we need to be, and it produce action on our part. Did you understand what I'm saying? We've got to be more than just saying, yeah, we want to be that. We've got to say, God, I want to be that. What do I need to do to change to be that? Did you understand?
0: Thank you for being with us this morning.